0: Live, juicy inside scoop from the taste makers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. <laughs> Oh what a day it's gonna be. Oh sorry. <laughs> oh my god, look at that. Who's that in red and black? Is that a brothel? This What's going on? Hold on a minute.
1: This is my friend Layla Hoff. She's been on the show with us before.
0: I'm do is you mind name? if I switch? Can I switch the background to more of a brothel one for that outfit? Because that'll match. Absolutely.
1: Better. Absolutely. I mean,
0: this, this is more us, right? But this is Layla today. Look at that. She's like a
1: micro like so- Sexy as she is, she's is the sexiest woman I know.
0: Wow,
1: Jennifer! She's also uh, a professional actor, producer, director, uh, and she's about to start production on a brand new movie. Uh, and she's also here today with her very own show. So this is a show that's shooting a behind-the-scenes look at Food and Beverage Magazine Live for her audience on so airgo.com.
0: It's a show about doing a show about nothing.
1: No, it's not about nothing. We have James Beard Award nominee, finalist, Don Guerra and the Barrio Breads today.
0: Are it's you kidding me? It, let, let me see that bread. Hold on.
1: This is the best bread in the country. Wish you were here. It smells amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk it around. because
0: you. We're going gonna to have a mukbang moment with that bread right now. Mukbang moment.
1: Listen, I'm going to also show you something. Look at this. Here is wow, the look at that. Beard award on it.
0: Let me show you this. This is my mukbang moment.
1: Wait, wait, what are we eating? Okay, that's a lot of uh, grilled cheese. And oh. it looks like me eating it. And that's what I'm hoping to do here in a minute with Jennifer's. Oh my God, she has some amazing.
0: Jennifer, Jennifer at this mukbang moment, we have a hundred pieces of bread, slices of bread.
1: Is that all that is? Yeah, I know, it's, it's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Okay. So, as always, I'm going to have a little uh, kiss of the Celsius. Oh, I'm going to have
0: one in this. So we have a special guy on today, a guy that you know from Tucson. Even though I tell you, don't bring people on from Tucson because I it looks so
2: – I, I tell
0: you, over and over again, I see I'm not doing Vegas. Don't do Tucson. And you consist, you're like, oh, I got a guy from Tucson.
1: No, I don't just have a guy.
0: You, you're I'm, trying to make Tucson the food capital of the world. Are, they, are you on the uh, payroll? the city?
1: Michael, Tucson, Arizona is the first city of gastronomy for
0: UNESCO. UNESCO. By the way, what is UNESCO?
1: United Nations. It's all about the culture. It's a place that's been making food for 4,000 years. There would be no (laughs) Food Charge magazine without Tucson in the Sonoran region.
0: Jennifer, I just want to say this. I know you're getting prepared for today's show. Yes. Before Don comes on, I don't want to embarrass you. Because you know you get your friends get mad when I embarrass you, so I don't want to do that this time.
1: No, he's he's a really amazing man making- but I, I
0: know, but hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on. I've got I've got video I've got video of you last night in the kitchen. Oh no making, <laughs> making bread. And I didn't want Don to see this. No, I'm not sure what's going on. That's
1: why what it looks like when I try and
0: bake bread. That's I why that I'm
1: that saying. Should- Okay, let's begin.
0: There he is.
2: There's Don right
0: there, Jennifer, you and Don.
1: Hi, babe. How are you, Chef? How are you?
2: Hey, doing well. How about yourself?
1: Listen, I took a liberty because it won't be long now until I actually can hold up a loaf of bread that has the James Beard logo on it. But I want to thank you for being here today. And I want to explain to people that you really are the most important baker in the country because you are doing something extraordinary called Community Supported Baking. And I just want to not only thank you for doing that, but give you the chance to um, introduce that concept because it may be the most important thing. More people have been baking bread during this pandemic than I could have imagined, and they're all making sourdough. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's making us aware of how important our relationship to bread is, and you really, as the James Beard Award-nominated baker, have to come on and tell us why now more than ever, bread is so important to us, and why it is that we have once again better bread than yeah. ever, thanks to not you, but the community-supported baking model. Yes.
2: So, welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah,
1: and tell me a little. Tell me about about why bread is so important again.
2: Well, I think you know bread is a foundational food. It's um, you know using traditional methods. And I think we've seen this, you know, during this, ep- this pandemic that, you know, going to the grocery stores and there is no yeast and not able to make bread. So we turned a sourdough starter, you know, and then lack of flour. There's not the packet flour that you see on the shelf. So then there's more of reliance on what's happening inside your own community. So I think it's these traditional methods with local ingredients and this um, for bread anyway, you know, natural leavened bread. There's no yeast. This is what they do before yeast. You don't need that. So It's really this look at traditional foods and then sharing traditional knowledge. This is what it is for me. And that's how I built the concept of CSB or community-supported baking 10 years ago. What
1: is community-supported baking?
2: Yeah, to me, community-supported baking, and what is for my model anyways, I have three pillars. So one is, uh, you know, education outreach. That's a big part of Barrio Bread. I have to, you know, I want to tell the community what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and make my model transparent. And then my process transparent. So they have a chance to do that. And I've done, done that starting 10 years ago, you know, with this, my new company, Barrio Bread. The other pillar is um, development of the local grain economy. So my bakery is a food hub concept. So it relies on local farmers. It's built on local farmers, local grain, processing locally. And, you know, my bakery relies on a hundred mile radius of farmers and grain, and then the third pillar, of course, it's the economic engine. Probably the most important part of the bakery is the bread making. Um, so that that needs to be sustainable. But creating a business that's food hub concept, it's really like a Spartan use of space because you're focusing on one product. And for me, that's artisanal bread. You know, natural leaven bread, going back using traditional methods, local grains, and really that combination creates a bread that's just super nutritious. Um, it's a focus on local. And it's super, it's for me, it's fun to do. It's my art and my science and really my life. So this is what I love to share. But I think, you know, really it's during this time, it's uh, we're we're becoming awakened to what's important and people having more time on their hands. So learning some of the foundational foods so they can, you know, create a sustainable lifestyle for themselves.
1: Before we dive into the beautiful loaves that your company crafted, and made possible for us to share today. I want to ask you, we got to talk about the fact that everybody that has a friend on Facebook was showing off the breads that they made. And actually, it was surprising how good most of those loaves look. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the sourdough phenomenon of COVID 19 pandemic quarantine.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really exciting for me. Um, you know, I just, I just, uh, started a new company called Barrio Grains and that's, this is a USDA project. So it was a grant, it was awarded a grant um, in, in December of this past year. So it's kind of perfect timing because I had built these videos in preparation for showing the USDA about um, bread making um, and about the importance of local grains. So, you know, when this came about in February, I think people, I mean, luckily it was just perfect timing to show and support um, communities um, with you know this kind of a bread making phenomenon, really. Like I said, going back to traditional methods and more people spending time at home, and it's so rewarding. You know, my my idea for the bakery is not to create a product that people rely on; they have to get my product. But it's more of a you know a longer outlook, so people can learn to do something where they can continue to do it into the future for themselves. Yeah.
1: My, our good friend Layla is here with her own program, the Arizona Wildcraft uh, Show, and we're on two shows at one time, and she's uh, got a question here for you. Do you have a, sure. website, a website where everybody can find your stuff?
2: Yeah, so my website is barriobread.com,
1: B-A-R-I-L-O-B-R-E-D.com, and he's local here, so check him out.
2: Yeah. That's a great website, great resource. Um, and then on there, you can also find my new, co- another company I have called breadlessons.com. So this is a new project I started. It's part of the education outreach It's to show people through video instruction, how to make a quality loaf of bread and using my process. So these are some things to share breadlessons.com.
1: So, Don, how many different varieties of bread do you produce?
2: Uh, Right now, about 35 breads that I offer at the bakery. It's a rotating menu. You know, the specialty breads breads rotate in and out, and then sort of this um, consistent type of breads that are offered every day. Um, But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I have maybe 10 local grains I work with. The newest, some of the newest are gazelle rye from Verde Valley. So, like I said, I'm trying to get all these grains grown locally and create a food hub concept. So, um, for bakery anyway.
1: And one of the other things we have here of yours is a bag of the barrio bread flour. This happens to be the pizza blend. Talk about that you're now producing product that people can take and actually make things at home with.
2: Yeah. So at the bakery, you know, I I give out the sourdough starter for free. Um, People register for the class. They come in. They want to get the sourdough starter. They can get it fresh from me if they live local. But also these flour blends that I've created for different applications of, um, of foods. So it's really exciting, you know, to, to do this and to see people doing it for themselves. But yeah, this is, this is one of the services I have at, through Barrio Grains is to offer the flour blends in five pound packages. I have the wheat berries for sale as well. The instruction is there for you. So, you know, like, it's amazing. I have six year old kids that can make a quality pizza dough and throw, throw down dinner for their families. You know, this is amazing and just... Where they'll be when they're my age, you know? What are they going to be doing then? Pizza rolls hey, sir?
1: instructions? This all comes with instructions online, correct?
2: Yeah, you can find it through BreadLessons.com for my video, oh and then also have a free.
1: BreadLessons.com, yeah. everybody, pay attention! I know you guys want to make
2: <laughs> some
1: bread. Hey, Don, yeah. I have a question. When we think about the desert, I don't know that we think about you know beautiful fields of wheat and grain. It's a very dry place. We have mm-hmm. citrus. We have the kinds of things that we think of traditionally growing here. Talk a little bit about how surprising it is to us, at least, when we hear about this, that this is actually such a fertile place for really specific kinds of grains that become these flowers that become these breads. Would you talk a little bit about that and how important that is to the core of community supportive baking?
2: Yeah, I mean, we are tucson arizona i should say is a premier grain growing region in the world so for years people have been growing durham wheat even uh, italian companies source their pasta their, their durham flour for pasta making and uh you know this project started 10 years ago with the grant to continue small-scale farming of these heritage um, and ancient grains in tucson so the climate is actually ideal because you have a you don't even need the pesticides because of the way the weather patterns go through the season. So, planted in December, the grain, and then harvested um, in late June, and maybe get into July, but it has to be captured and harvested before monsoon. But that, you know, that late season, we know in Tucson here, that's a drying season. So, usually pesticides are added to keep um, the weeds down, suppression of weeds, and to dry the crops quicker before the rains we have that naturally occurring in Tucson. So we're growing sustainably uh, grown wheat bridles um, and even organically in this desert. And it's really set up perfectly to, to grow and harvest beautiful wheats. And we think of the desert, nothing grows, but I tell you, if you walk in that, those wheat fields, um, when they're green or even amber, it's just breathtaking. It's beautiful.
1: We're going to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your bread and I'm going to sort of go mid way here. We've got four different varieties of your bread today, and I'm going to have you describe what each of the ones that we have here and what really differentiates one loaf to the next.
2: Yeah. So what really differentiates the loaves from one to the next is the grain varietal that's used. Like I said, I have about 10 different rice and how I blend those flours. So the one you're looking at now is called the super seed whole wheat. It's a natural leaven whole wheat, um, Sourdough method bread made with hard red spring wheat from Morana at BKW Farms.
1: It looks so like the, it's got sunflower seeds, poppy seeds, sesame seeds.
2: Yeah, delicious crunch on the exterior. You know, all that texture is wrapped all the way around.
1: This is the one she
2: had. Yeah, and that one there is a whole wheat cinnamon raisin, so delicious. I mean, you know, raisins, raisins that
1: get blackened on the top from the baking—they're so caramelized.
2: Yeah, golden raisins, Thompson raisins, um, a cinnamon, uh, a swirl of cinnamon, but really nice. Again, natural leaven. So about 24-hour process. The breads, because they're leavened with sourdough culture and lengthy fermentation, it creates a bread that's low glycemic and low gluten.
1: Talk about how important that is and what that means.
2: Yeah, really, it's a healthful product. It's a healthy, healthy food. You know, this, uh, the end result is something that's low glycemic and low gluten, and that has to do with the sourdough, how that – that breaks down um, those, those nutrients into more digestible forms. So light on the body, no added sugars or oils. And then, like I said, local organically grown grain.
0: That and one there is
2: a, is a rye, it's called Old World Rye. It's a sourdough rye method bread made with a precision blend from Hayden flour mills for a little bit of component of the bread flour. And then also rye, the gazelle rye from Birdie Valley.
1: I'm gonna do something special because this
2: knocked me out when I tasted this the first time. Yeah, it's got a great aroma. A slight. I want to show
1: people. What the? This has a really beautiful crumb. Texture. Do You call it a crumb, or what do you call the body yeah, of the crumb. actual bread itself?
2: Yeah, the crumb or the interior. Yeah, the crumb structure, and that has you know a good amount of rye flour, so it's a little bit tighter. But you should see those natural oven bread. You should see those air cells. You know the variety structure of air cells there.
1: And we should tell everybody, you know, if you drink a rye whiskey or you know rye from a rye bread, like going to a great deli, there's a really pungent, bright, spicy note to yeah. things that are made with rye. Those are present here. One yeah. whiff of the, this doesn't smell like any other bread that you produce.
2: Yeah. It's really amazing. Style. Like using like a variety the grains and fermenting them well, um, you get this just true aromas of and these nuances of each of the grains.
1: And of course. Yeah. Itself. Yeah, the that's bread you just told us about.
2: Ooh. Yeah, that's you're looking pretty good, good, good there. Makes me hungry too.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to be doing a little bit of a sandwich in just a second. Yeah. Do all breads toast equally deliciously? Do all breads want to be toasted and buttered, and or do do some breads just lend themselves better to untoasted and sandwich form? What is you're our friend in the bread business? How can we best enjoy bread? But are they all better toasted or some better untoasted?
2: You know what's interesting? It's a fermented food. So the bread over time, um, because it's actually cured, it has dif- different flavors and notes of, of fermentation as it ages. So sometimes even toasting will bring out more of that, that sourdough note of the bread. And that's what I love is like eating it all different ways. I never want to prescribe it just one way or the other. People have personal preferences, but I think the be, the bread is best enjoyed when you discover these different uh, flavor nuances, whether it be by itself, toasting, or even grilling. Grilling is a beautiful way to prepare bread. So, so, I'm
0: Jennifer, cool. those are beautiful. Do you want to show the chef your Friday in the fields, what you did as a young girl? Here's yes, and
1: then, and then I want you to do your commercial, so I can run and get my cheese. <laughs> here's,
0: okay. here's Jennifer. Here's Jennifer. What she this is her in the fields on Fridays and she was a little girl running, she would run through the fields. Yeah whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Pulitz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. There we go. All right, Chef Jennifer's. Oh, Jennifer's back. Hold on. What? Are, what is Hi. that, Jen? Jen, what is that?
1: It's it's queso.
0: You're making. Are you Jennifer? Are you making grilled cheese sandwiches?
1: Listen, not let really me show much.
0: you. I just did that today. Let me. Can I show you my grilled cheese? Yes. I mean, Chef never sent me bread like you guys have. I got nothing. I have literally. I mean, I haven't walked next door and borrow the bread from my neighbor. But, but look how good it came out. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Look at this. <laughs>
1: Look That's
0: at that. Nice. Look at this. Look at this grilled cheese that we were talking oh my God. about. You yeah. guys, I
1: can the colors? My God. Oh,
0: my God. It's the magic God. Television. television.
1: Because it was Pride weekend in Vancouver over the weekend. Wow.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I was supposed to
1: be cooking for the 50th
0: anniversary of Pride. That's what it was. Pride weekend, so I cooked a Pride. Hey, listen.
1: hey listen. You know what I had to do is I had to imagine a sandwich preparation, a grilling preparation that would do justice to the breads that Dongera and Barrio Breads produces. And so I went and I got some beautiful truffle honey from my friends Mm -hmm. at Truffle Shuffle San Francisco. And we're going to make that. And then I'm going to get my peaches, tomatoes, and we're going to make a little bit of a salad with it as well. And I want to do a bruschetta on one of the breads, and then I'm going to do a grilled cheese sandwich with the other. How does that sound?
2: Yummy. Sounds delicious, yeah.
1: Don, Don, you want me to keep mm-hmm. you a... want me to say... Well, I'll actually deliver it to you if
2: you want. Hey, okay. Gloria,
0: oh, Gloria said that Barrio bread is the best. You oh, know Gloria? It's, it's
1: better you, than... Gloria. You, you Gloria, can't imagine how much better than anything else you've ever had it is. Doesn't what, Gloria... What is Gloria smell
0: what, is. Does Gloria make that spaghetti? Is that what Gloria made that time? Jennifer, what did she make? She was on what? the show.
1: You know what I made, mean? actually, uh, I made a beautiful truffle pardelle, uh with mushrooms and uh, truffle shuffle truffles.
0: I'm talking about Gloria, Jen. What did Gloria make for us?
1: I don't remember. Oh, um.
0: Gloria, this Calababia. You don't know Gloria? Hey.
1: Yeah, no, she makes, uh, she makes uh, salsa.
0: We'll see what goes on here, chef. She's going to forget you next week, but it's okay. That's not
1: true. That's not true. No, my friend's coming on the show in a, in a few days, and she makes Chiltipica salsas. And Don and she said we were all together down in Hermosillo, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And it's she makes this incredible uh, chiltepine sea salt. But we're not going to we, – we couldn't get our hands on some today before the segment. So I'm going to go ahead and start slicing. Don, talk a little bit about um, what you do when you visit other communities. How do you help communities find what grains grow best where they are so that they can have a program that's as local to them as this is to where you are?
2: Yeah, you know, really like to work on on more like the business modeling side. But uh, there's been some great upstart grain economies um, around the country. New York, Colorado, Ohio, of course, California um, Washington, Montana. So I think, you know, this model community supported baking and local grain, um, development is just really what's catching on. It's great to see other people doing it. You know, I started, you know, consulting on it, um, years back and this is what I still do, but I just, um, yeah, I just think people are catching on. There's more resources out there and more farmers wanting to farm grain, you know, which, um is incredible and younger farmers as well so i think yeah this model is just if you look around it's catching on a lot around the country and really globally um i've taught yeah. in Taiwan, um similar con- the same concept of c s b um and really in asia too it's happening so it's just really great to see these um bakeries um that are supported by small scale farmers and communities i think t- it takes everyone the, from the the seed you know, the seat savers, you know, the consumers, everyone's involved in participating. And that's what has to happen for it to work. Yeah.
1: Um, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and how it's impacted your business. You had a great success in terms of providing local restaurants with the best bread that they've ever been able to offer their guests. And of course, a lot of those places have been impacted uh, during the COVID moment. Talk a little bit about how the COVID's impacted you and your business while I grill.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been a little tough, you know, at the get-go because you really need to um, act quickly. And I think the businesses that have done that and haven't needed to change their model drastically have done better than some of the others. So for me, you know, I've always just been a really simple, uh, you know, like Spartan use of space, boulangerie, French-style bakery, and all the bread has been to go anyways. So um, I have a lot, large volume for the retail. And that's about 80% of my business. 20% has been the wholesale, maybe a little bit more. But the restaurants, you know, that's that disappeared, that market. So it's been different working now with more CSAs and people that pre- um, prepare food boxes and having my bread as a part of their, their food delivery service. And I've actually started my own delivery service through Barrio Bread. And that's going well. It's something that's offered for delivery of bread on Thursdays. And people can... Um, register online and reserve bread. So yeah, I've had to adjust, but really for me as an entrepreneur, I love, you know, thinking on my feet. I crave it. I, you know, I don't like to be stationary too long. I like to adapt and evolve. So yeah, COVID has definitely changed the way we do business in the food industry, but you know, for some it's welcome for some it's more challenging, but I look at it as a challenge and, and I welcome it and I need to respond and evolve. So yeah, I've created just a simple system of vending through the front door and getting the actually new configuration of my front door, and the bread is still flying off the shelves, thankfully, um, because of a really strong following in Tucson. So, Don, yeah.
1: when you got started, did anybody tell you that you were crazy to be making this kind of high quality bread in a community that used a tortilla in lieu of bread for its primary starch?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it was it took some time. Um, but I think in my community in Tucson, people have traveled around the world and they've seen a lot of different foods. And, you know, even with, with the Internet, it's really opened up our culinary minds and experiences. So I think it was about a year. And, and then after that, this, this whole bread craze came around um, in the States and this re-Renaissance, really. So I think more people find out that they can get a quality loaf of bread in their community, and they were on it. So, um, yeah, it's going well.
1: So what's your favorite sandwich that anybody anywhere makes with one of your breads?
2: Oh, wow. Well,
1: because I have an answer to that question too.
2: Yeah, you do. Do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> I will. I'm absolutely shameless about it, but I think that the, uh, the French tip sandwich that they make with Carl Ray.
2: Yeah, it's so good.
1: Prime rib.
2: Yeah, it's so good. It,
1: it's one of the best sandwiches in in the country, if not the world. It is yeah. one of the best sandwiches I've ever ever put in my mouth.
2: It's so delicious. Yeah, they get the bread just right, and then the cured you know the beautiful meats they have, and then a jus. Just, wow, the,
1: just that hint of the green chili that brings it. I think the hint of the green chili and the tones give you that sense that you know where you are. Yeah. So Oh, Are you can so you develop the palate where you can taste the red and taste where the grain is from, the way someone can sip a wine and know where the grape was grown or the region where the wine was made?
2: Well, yeah, you know, the, the nice thing about all these small scale um grains, uh, you know, the heritage and ancient grains uh, so is they yeah, all just have beautiful uh, flavor nuances. You know, we've for so long just had hard red spring, you know, country and that is like a you know tan colored wheat berry a brown wheat berry so with this all these different grains yeah they all just have a different expression of flavor which makes them so fun to eat so yeah and people at the bakery find out you know why that is and you know it's great to tell this story going back to the grain where it was grown for these consumers and um yeah they start to pick up on it too and become more connoisseurs about bread and not only like what Type it is and what shape it is, but also about where the grain comes from. And these are the questions that consumers are asking more. Wow, that looks beautiful. Nice so grill mark there.
1: talk a little bit about what happens when I toast or grill bread. Why is it so much more delicious? While well, I put a little bit of peach and tomato on this.
2: Yeah. So when you grill the bread, you know, you pick up more of that caramelization on it. Um, and then a the little bit of char and that really like big, expression of the, the sourdough notes. I mean, yeah, you just get a lot great flavor coming out of there, but yeah, it's that looks perfect.
1: So I'm going to share with you one of my all time favorite foods. This time of year, Don, when the peaches are in season, uh-huh. you have to use them just like all the other things that we have in season. It's always best to buy local, fresh, seasonal, in abundance, at the ripest, when it's its best.
2: Wow. Wow, that looks yeah.
1: Yum. And this is just going to be really simple. I'm going to take one of my heirloom tomatoes and I always keep garden basil going and right now, believe it or not, it's pouring rain. We're having monsoon rains. Uh-huh. So we're going to not say anything other than thank you for this monsoon rain.
2: Yeah, beautiful.
1: And so quite literally one of the great Surprise flavor combinations of all time is this combination of peach and tomato. When the peaches are as ripe and sweet as they are, and they end up tasting more like a tropical fruit,
2: uh-huh. and the
1: tomatoes that are heirloom tomatoes just really taste the way an old fashioned tomato would taste back from before we got really, you know, industrial in our farming techniques. And then I just take from my garden the leaves of basil and I'll just chip it on this really quickly. Beautiful. And again, we just put a tiny bit of uh, butter on this when we, and I'm going to turn to my friend John Boyajin, who sent us some of this really beautiful, oh I know. <laughs> Look at that beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm sorry. I put the, the, the basil right in the way of the camera. So Actually, it looks uh, Everybody loves it. Jen. I just to show you what this looks like. This looks amazing. I don't want to burn my toes. I'm telling you, this stuff is I know. gorgeous. I know.
0: Hi, Jen. Jen. Jen? are you there? Jen? Yeah. Jen. If yeah. You, notice, you notice your beautiful peach, your peach animation that I got up there, yeah. I'm going to just say one thing. I, I was looking for peach animation, and I googled it. Jennifer, I, I think that for life I will be I will be shocked and altered after what I've just seen. Look at this. But, but 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 chef wants to know where the bread is. Is the bread in there? The bottom. Where is that? Oh my god. Oh my. As my three year old says. Oh my god. Can you?
1: I, I said this is one of the all time when it's when it's too hot to cook. When it's too hot to eat, and you can't even imagine how you could possibly want to have anything, but you have to eat a little something, this time of year, barrio bread, sliced, grilled, little char marks. You get that toasty caramelization, obviously, then that tiny bit of bitter note from the char. Absolutely sensational. It marries, and is a companion flavor to the sweetness, the tropical fruit sweetness of the seasonal peach. And I'm going to have you try that because I know exactly what it tastes like. And I'm going to go I've never tried peaches with tomatoes and basil. So this is going to be a treat for me because I've never tried this combination together. So here's to everybody.
0: Jennifer, we lost the chef. We lost him. You were, you were doing a lot of talking, a lot of talking like this, and we lost him.
1: No, we haven't lost chef. He's right with us, isn't he?
2: No, he... Oh, I- wow. um,
1: such Maybe. You guys hear me? I'm losing. We it's hear each other. There's
2: so much lightning okay. and
0: thunder. Wow.
2: Yeah, the power's going off.
0: Power's going off. Yeah. All right. Is let's, say, let's say goodbye to With
1: tomatoes ever. All right, well, I'm going to tell you what pushes this all even over the top even more is I took a great cheddar cheese and we melted the cheddar cheese and in the middle of the cheddar cheese we've got Honey, truffle, truffled honey, peaches, basil, cheese, the truffle honey, and the barrio bread. This one we're using just a classic sourdough for the grilled cheese sandwich. I'm going to tell you this uh, is one. This is so delicious, Don, and the truffle honey just pushes it over the edge.
2: That looks delicious. So good. Isn't it? Oh my gosh. Nice job. I
1: love one.
2: Yeah, that looks so and it's
1: delicious. And it makes you feel like you're at the French Laundry.
2: Yeah. Oh, that? freshness.
0: Jennifer, can you come back and eat that sandwich in front of the camera one more time?
1: Yeah. What's that?
0: Can you come back and eat that sandwich in front of the camera one more time? Oh, you
1: gonna tease me if I do. But I'll do oh, it anyway. Okay. so good. <laughs> it's pretty crazy good. Yeah.
2: Is it? Yeah.
1: Ready for the mukbang? Wow, so nice.
2: Good.
1: I wish you guys were here. It's amazing. I've never tasted anything like it. And our friends from Arizona Wallcraft are here with us, which is unusual. Hey Don, let's talk a little bit about um where we go next. Yeah. Talk talk about I'm where you this. think yeah, please. This is for you. Okay, I want to try this. I'm not okay. By itself, it tastes amazing. Just the peaches and the tomatoes and the basil. I can't wait to taste what it tastes like with cheese and the truffle honey. I the truffle honey. I'm excited. Pretty good. Mm, and perfectly toasted. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, Jennifer. This this is the most best roti sandwich I've ever yeah. had. The key, the key right. is the bread's got to be the best bread you've ever the had. The best bread mm-hmm. ever. What, what bread was this one? This was the sourdough. Yeah. Oh, the- John, which of your breads makes the best grilled cheese sandwich, and what's the best cheese bread combination of them all?
2: Oh man, there's so I can't comment on the cheese because I like it all, but I would say, um, you know, a classic one for the grilled cheese is the pound of the the French sourdough. Yeah, I think that's when you toast it up and just grill, but that one it gets so crispy and beautiful, like yeah. the texture is awesome. Yeah.
1: And and what cheese do you prefer with that? Oh man. Because I have to tell you, we're going to do a little uh, test. I've got some really pungent, wonderful, uh, and we're going to do that through the afternoon. You don't have to Mm -hmm. stick around for all of it. But um, I've got some of my favorite cheeses, and I've got a blue cheese that I'm going to put on this raisin bread that I think is going to make a sensation.
2: That's great. Yeah, a little sweet and savory together. You know, Uh, That's a great combination.
0: Jennifer, do I have to stay around for all of it?
1: (laughs) You're just jealous I can't feed you.
0: I just feel like I'm in a cackle section. I can't even get a word in there, you guys. Okay. You wait for Don, and he's like the hero, right? And then Don, I, say I say something, and nobody responds.
1: Don is my hero.
2: I want to go like
1: <laughs> this. He's my hero now, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's
2: amazing. That's sandwich. Nice job. Yeah.
1: Michael, um, we do have to talk about the fact that last year, for the first time, Don was nominated uh, as one of the James Beard Award Semifinalists for the best baker in the country. Yeah. And I have to point out the fact that. Now,
0: well, now Jennifer- normally, Don, normally, Don, I would say to the guest, but you didn't win and you're right. Won, right? <laughs> but Jennifer would get mad at me if I did that to you. That's Jennifer, okay. Who you don't did even it? have a say <laughs> it. Jennifer, who did I do that to? Remember that? Listen, who-
1: it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. What I wanted to point out though is that there's a tradition in the James Beard family where if you're in a city and you've been honored by the James Beard Foundation you reach out to the nominees well you reach out to all your friends across the country but it's really great when they're in your own city and so one of the how I met Don originally cuz you know I knew him by reputation and he was very famous but I got to meet him when I got to make a call eventually and and then I had to to thank him in person, and and I did get to do that last year, so it was one of the highlights of last year in a culinary sense for me. John, before we let you go, and we're really grateful for you being here with us today, would you talk a little bit about where you think we're going next? What do you think the impact of all this COVID bread rediscovery, bread love, uh, is gonna have on your business, the bread business?
2: Uh, you know, I think it's really the educational side that'll be become very important, and I think this will be true for a lot of uh, artisanal food producers and beverage producers. That really, it's about sharing knowledge. Um, so in these times, there's nothing that uh, can really disappear. So more people wanting to learn, you know, some of this craft process. And I think this, you're seeing this on the internet too, is like these chefs. Or um, you know these bartenders, you know even anything in the food industry, we're sharing that information, especially digitally. So people doing these lessons online, Um, that's going to become very important for my business, and it has been for years, for a decade now. And that stems from my um, my time as an educator. You know, I graduated from the U of A College of Education, um, and then I was a school teacher. So this is always something I believed in, but this is what we're going to see here in the future. Is if chefs aren't able to have people dine in their in their restaurants and their homes, it's going to be more about sharing it like from their home, like like you're doing here, just showing what you do and how you do it and making food and having people catch on to that and being able to prepare it for themselves. So you're going to see more of this um, as we you know don't have access um, to restaurants and doing things we used to do in those more intimate settings. Now it's going to be about learning how to do it and making sure that traditional information is passed down to future generations.
1: And, and, Don, and Don, help me convey help to people, people how surprising it is, how much it really feels like we're together.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, this is just the new mode of communication. And, you know, at first it seemed a little awkward, but now this is just, what's happening and how we do it. So it's you have to embrace it and know that we have technology to support our connections. And so this is really um, exciting to me and um, in any shape or form that we can still communicate, we can share, people can have, you know, access into your home and see what you're doing in your kitchens or in your bakery or restaurants and teach people how to do it. So this is really the joy of it all, uh, of sharing food is, you know, what's involved in, Growing it, preparing it, and enjoying sharing, it. Sharing. Yeah, sharing. For
1: and sure. What I want to drive it, drive it forward with is this idea that there is a surprising amount of real conviviality when we get together, even over a virtual share like this. It's a really convivial environment. I can feel it. I, f- I feel your friendship, and, and I'm so grateful for you being here with us. Thank you so much. I feel, yeah. passion. I feel your passion for yeah. your bread. And thank I thank you, a consumer. I want to say thank you. This is amazing.
2: Thank you. I
0: thanks. feel the passion for your peaches, Jennifer,
1: because the way you <laughs> talk about peaches. Listen, Don. I'm gonna. I'll message you. I'm gonna make you grilled cheese and I'll drop it off. Okay. Hey,
2: thanks so much. You're awesome, Jennifer. Thanks for being a good thank friend. Um, thanks and, for,
1: being, yeah, thanks thank for having you. me on the show.
2: I'm honored. Thank you, guys. Have a good day.
1: Congratulations for the uh, beard nomination again. There's going to be a lot more coming down.
2: The Jennifer, what, a,
1: Jennifer, uh, what was bread. his name for the site? It's bariobread.com.
0: It's all up there. What a nice guy.
1: He's amazing. He's, the, he's literally the best in the country at what, at what we're talking about here. And and tell me that you didn't feel like everyone was talking about sourdough bread over the last three months.
0: I, You know, Jennifer, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes, you do.
0: Everybody was talking about sourdough. You know
1: who's coming on with us on Wednesday?
0: No, I don't. Who?
1: Chris, from from uh, from one of our, your, your August cover story.
0: Oh, Lotito. I worked from System UI server. Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. This is going to give us stock tips right now, so I'm going to take that we're off. we really have a
0: low battery. but All right, well, thank you, Jennifer, and our new beautiful friend. Are we do- We're we done for the day, and we're going to see you what, tomorrow? tomorrow or Wednesday. We
1: had one A-plus Hall of Fame rock star, superstar guest today. And it- I don't have room for more. Look at what we got. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I wish you could smell this. This is amazing.
0: That's what Jennifer said.
1: Uh <laughs>